Welcome back to the Der Show. As you can see, I'm dressed for tonight's game three, Celtics versus Warriors. I'm in full uniform. This sweater was given to me by Red Auerbach. I used to sit next to Red Auerbach at uh, Celtics games. I had season tickets for close to 50 years, and I saw every single home championship game. I saw Bill Russell and uh, John Havlicek and Bob Cousy and uh, uh, Larry Bird and you name it. I saw them all. I was in the locker room a few times uh, when the uh, Celtics uh, won. Um, I brought pastrami sandwiches before the game to uh, Red Arback, and we would sit and chew the fat. Had a little room where uh, he would come and the old timers would come by, Kuzi and Havlicek, and I would schmooze with them. It was it was great. But after twice bringing him pastrami sandwiches from a particular deli that both he and I liked, both games were lost. And Red, who was very superstitious, said, no, no, no more pastrami sandwiches from that restaurant. So I brought him lesser pastrami, but we won more games. So that was a, a good and, and, and interesting uh, trade-off. You know, I started out as a Brooklyn Dodger fan. I went to a lot of games at Evers Field, particularly after the sixth inning, because my high school was four blocks away from Evers Field. And when we would get out of class, we would run to Evers Field, and we knew a guy, and he would let us in free in the sixth inning, and we would sit in the empty box seats. And I saw uh, Carl Erskine's, uh, the end of his no-hitter. Um, I saw great, great, great events. Of course, I saw Jackie Robinson play numerous times, Pee Wee Reese and Gil Hodges and, uh, you know, you name it, uh, Duke Snyder. So uh, I was not a fan. I was a fanatic. And I even owned um, two Brooklyn Dodger rings, one 1947 Jackie Robinson's uh, break-in year and 1955 championship ring, when the only time the Brooklyn Dodgers ever won the World Series. So if I seem a little you know, ready for action. It's because the Celtics are playing. It's 1-1. Game three is always a very important game. Not as important as game four. Game four in a seven-game series is almost always the most important because one team is usually ahead two to one. And if that team wins and they go ahead three to one, they're almost certain to win the series. But if the other team wins and they tie two to two, then it's anybody's series. So I'm uh, hoping for a victory tonight and or a victory tomorrow. And, uh, Uh, I hope I haven't offended any of the Warriors fans or any of the Knicks fans. I used to be a Knicks fan, but I moved to Boston. You got to, you know, got to go where the action is. And Boston Garden was was a great place to watch games, as was as was Fenway Park. Now, let's turn to serious issues. I want to talk a little bit about the Johnny Depp case and whether or not that really marks a change in some ways in um, the excesses of the Me Too movement. Is the pendulum swinging? I'm also going to talk about the uh, political defeat of Chesa Boudin, um, who lost a recall election uh, yesterday, a radical left guy who I've known since he's a child, um, knew his uh, grandfather very well, um, and he lost. And does that also mark a change in direction, and does it indicate a pendulum swinging away from uh, progressive, woke, hardline, radical, left-wing approaches, both to uh, sexual issues and, and political issues? 
So let's start with, with Johnny Depp. So just to give you a little background of the lawsuit, it's a strange lawsuit, strange lawsuit. The article itself uh, that gave rise to the defamation suit, although it was signed by Amber Heard, was actually written uh, largely by the American Civil Liberties Union. Yeah, the ACLU is supposed to be neutral. And they're helping somebody write an article defaming uh, an actor whose politics or sexual attitudes they didn't agree with. What the hell is the ACLU doing writing or ghosting an article that becomes not only the subject of a defamation suit, but a finding by a jury that it was defamatory. I don't know why the ACLU wasn't sued. It could have been sued, too, for uh, writing some of the defamatory words. Now, remember, the article itself didn't mention Johnny Depp by name, but it was clear that it was talking about him, and it was essentially accusing him of, of sexual abuse. So one of the issues in the case was... Uh, truth as a defense did um, uh, or as an offense in, in this case did um, did Johnny Depp ever engage in violence or sexually assaultive behavior toward uh, Amber Heard and the jury verdict seems to be a clear statement no 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 women don't always tell the truth and men don't always lie the mantra of the Me Too movement was rejected by this uh, jury and I hope it continues to be rejected uh, there's no gene for lying. Uh, in men or telling the truth in, in, in women. Every case should be decided on the evidence without a presumption in favor of men or presumption in favor of women. Obviously, I'm involved in the lawsuit now where the woman who accused me is a serial liar. She's lied about everybody. She lied about George Mitchell. She lied about Bill Richardson. She lied about David Barak. She lied about a member of the Pritzker family. She lied about virtually anybody she's ever had any encounter with. Uh, she first claimed she was 15 when she met uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Then she admitted she was uh, 17 uh, or, or just a, a month before 17. But we think it was over 17. Um, she claimed that she had sex with people when uh, she was below age. And then she admitted she was uh, above age. She uh, claimed that she lived in Colorado uh, when she lived in Australia. And, 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 and so, you know, lie after lie after lie after lie after lie. But we'll see what the jury does in that case. Obviously, I have a point of view because I'm involved in the litigation. She sued me um, for defamation. Uh, she withdrew any claim that she had any sex with me, withdrew any claim that I did anything wrong sexually, her only lawsuit is claiming that I defamed her, but I'm defending that lawsuit and I'm suing her for falsely saying in public that I had sex with her. I never had sex with her. I never met her. I never heard of her. I never had any contact with her. And I'm going to prove that beyond any doubt. Her own lawyer on tape admitted she was wrong, simply wrong. Her other lawyer admitted that there were no prominent people involved other than uh, Jeffrey uh, Epstein. So I think it's 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 a fairly clear case, but we'll see what the jury does. And, um, you know, the jury verdict in the Johnny Depp case gives me some hope that juries can see through uh, uh, the uh, mantra of women always tell the truth and men always lie and decide the case on the evidence. I just hope that it is decided on the evidence. One of the reasons that Johnny Depp won his case is that uh, he had great lawyers on his side, really, really excellent lawyers. They did a a terrific job in cross-examining um, uh, Amber Heard. And some people say, oh, they picked on her. No, that's the job of the lawyer to examine an accusing witness and to examine somebody who 
may have made some defamatory statements about uh, an innocent person. That's the way our legal system uh, operates. You know, the verdict was a little bit uh, complex. Um, the jury uh, found that uh, Amber uh, Heard had defamed Johnny Depp and gave him a verdict in excess of $10 million. But they also found that uh, Johnny Depp's lawyer, not him, <clears throat> had defamed her, but they gave her only a small amount of money and the, the net benefit was around, I guess, a little bit more than $10 million. Probably there'll be appeals and we'll see what the Court of Appeals uh, says about this. But at the moment, the verdict seems to be at least uh, a slight pendulum swing away from all women are always truthful and all men are always uh, liars. That's un-American. It's bigoted. It's biased. It's sexist. It's all of the things that civil libertarians and uh, decent people should be fighting against. Every woman should be uh, believed uh, uh, based on the evidence. Every man should be believed based on the evidence, but it's based on the evidence that the belief should occur. Nobody should be believed because of their race, their gender, their religion, or how they look. I've mentioned before that the Bible commands judges do not recognize faces. That also means do not recognize genders, do not recognize races, do not recognize anything other than the evidence. Cases must be decided on the evidence, not on any predispositions based on these other factors, invidious factors, which if a state were to use them would be deemed unconstitutional. So let's hope that this is the first of many jury verdicts in which the result is based on the evidence, the result is based on a jury objectively evaluating um, what happened rather than on the gender of the people. Now, of course, the fact that both of them are actors uh, may very well have played some role, but you don't know which way it cut. Um, uh, obviously, uh, the marriage was a fraught one, a difficult one. The relationship was a fraught one and a difficult one. And it's not surprising to me that the jury rendered some verdict in favor of each side or put probably more precisely a little bit against each side. Jurors probably didn't love either of the litigants, but they decided based on the evidence that uh, Johnny Depp hadn't done what the article written in part by the American Civil Liberties Union said he had done. So it is a something of a rebuke to the uh, Me Too movement, but we shouldn't be too confident that that will continue. Every jury is different. Every judge is different. Judges sometimes <clears throat> have even more prejudices than, than, than jurors. And some some judges think they're put on the bench because they are a woman or because they're black or because they're Jewish or because they're whatever and decide they have to, you know, satisfy their constituents. That's not the way justice should be done. Justice should be done without regard to why a person was put on the bench. I hate the fact that we called some judges Democratic judges and Republican judges. Judges are supposed to be out of politics. They're supposed to give up any of their partisan affiliations John Harlan, who was a great justice of the Supreme Court, the day he was appointed to the court, he stopped voting. He didn't even want to vote. Of course, judges are entitled to vote, but he didn't want to vote because he didn't want in any way partisanship to either actually affect his decisions or be perceived as affecting his decisions. So he was Caesar's wife. He leaned over backwards, not only to be just and fair, but to 
appear to be just and fair. And he was a remarkable man. I knew Justice Harlan. I once went to his home when I was a law clerk to deliver papers involving a death penalty case. And uh, he was sitting in his somewhat darkened apartment with his wife at a long table, uh, separated, I don't know, by 10, 15 feet. I, maybe I made up the number. Maybe it was less than that, but it seemed that way. And they were both dressed up. They were just having dinner together and they were you know, wearing, wearing uh, appropriate uh, garb for uh, an evening, an, an evening out. Um, and he was very conservative and very traditional. You could not curse in front of him. Uh, he wasn't uh, a man of great humor. He was very stoic. His grandfather had served on the Supreme Court, was one of the dissenting justices in Plessy versus Ferguson. I think maybe the only dissenting uh, justice in Plessy versus Ferguson. He came from an enormously wealthy family. A whole county in Virginia is named after him, Harlan County. Uh, they weren't so good to their coal uh, miners, but uh, Justice John Harlan was a great man. So he had a case that came before him in which some young whippersnapper kid named Cohen uh, against the war in, in Vietnam walks into a courthouse with a jacket that says F, you fill in U and the C and the, what else, the draft. And he was arrested and, and prosecuted for, I don't know why, uh, disturbing the peace or something. And Harlan was assigned the opinion. <laughs> I think a lot of people thought that would be the end of the case. Harlan, my God, somebody used the F word. No, he said, you know, one man's uh, curse is another man's lyric. One man's obscenity is another person's lyric. And said the First Amendment doesn't judge people by their uh, ideas or by the, the dignity of the way they present them. And he reversed the conviction and uh, ordered the defendant to be freed. Uh, those were back in the days when the First Amendment meant something, when the ACLU wasn't busy um, um, uh, writing op-eds uh, against an actor, but was defending Nazis and Skokie and, and, and other despicable people whose free speech rights had been um, denied. That's when I was on the national board of the ACLU, and uh, we really tried to defend everybody's free speech rights. Today, the ACLU was on the wrong side of free speech on most college campuses. Um, there's actually a director, not a director, but an employee, a high-ranking employee of the ACLU in charge of uh, transgender rights, which the ACLU should be involved in, who is in favor of banning books. The ACLU in favor of banning books. My God, what the founders of the ACLU would be turning over in their graves. The ACLU is in favor of banning a book about transgenders because they don't like its content. Goodbye, ACLU. Welcome fire. Freedom for individual rights, and I forget what the rest of it is of expression. But fire has taken over the ACLU. It used to just be on college campuses. But just yesterday, I got an email. I'm, I'm a contributor um, and a very close friend of one of the founders. And they just announced they were going to go out of beyond classrooms and campuses and defend freedom of expression everywhere. Count me in. Count me in. No more contributions to the ACLU. No one should contribute to the ACLU unless you're in favor of censorship. Everybody should contribute to FIRE if you're against censorship. And I suspect that most people who watch my show uh, are against uh, censorship. So let's turn now for a minute to the other pendulum swing that seems to be occurring. So I've known Chesla 
uh, Boudin for years. Chessa was named after uh, a, a woman who had been accused of, maybe convicted, I'm not sure, but accused of murdering cops and who ran away and I think ended up living in, I don't remember, Algeria or somewhere. But she was a hero of the hard left, even though she was probably a terrorist and a murderer. Uh, and Chessa was named after, uh, after her uh, by his four parents. I say four parents because his biological parents uh, both went to prison for a life imprisonment for being involved in the Brinks uh, robbery in which uh, four or five people were killed, including two uh, policemen, and they were sentenced to uh, life imprisonment. Both have now been released. One just recently died, uh, Kathy Boudin, um, who uh, then taught at Columbia after she was released from uh, prison. Imagine somebody uh, from the right being released from prison after terrorism being hired by Columbia. It, it, it won't happen, believe me. There is a, a real a real bias there. So those are the biological parents. He wasn't brought up by them. He visited them in prison, but he was brought up by two other members of the Weathermen, Ayers and uh, Bernadette Dorn, uh, very radical, um, probably in, in the old days, you'd call them communists, anarchists, um, supporters of uh, violence, um, you know, whether they themselves engaged in violence, I don't know. But they were, you know, extreme radicals. Uh, Chessa himself, brilliant, brilliant young man. I had dinner with him um, a few years ago. Um, he, uh, uh, you know, with this terrible family background, managed to go and get a Rhodes Scholarship, went to Yale Law School, a very good uh, student. Um, and uh, everybody tells me, I haven't seen him in in, in years, a, a decent person uh, personally, but his views are, are quite radical. Um, uh, you know, he ran for, for district attorney on a radical platform, some of which I actually agree with. Uh, let's not put uh, minor offenders in jail. Let's maybe divert them into drug programs, etc. cetera. Uh, he vacillated on defund the police, but generally he bought into the woke, progressive, hard left, agenda and in San Francisco. He got elected on that platform, but even San Francisco, it was too much for San Francisco. And yesterday they recalled him uh, overwhelmingly. I think the vote was 60 to 40 percent. Um, and um, it was a direct, direct rejection of the woke program on on crime and um, a statement that uh, we don't want to defund the police. Uh, we, don't, we don't want to release people on bail who uh, have a likelihood of re recidivating and, <clears throat> and committing serious uh, crimes. In fact, somebody who was on parole committed a serious crime just in the run-up to the election. So that played a, a role. Um, I'm not here commenting on, on Chessa himself, as I said, as a person. He seems like a good person. I like him. Um, and his grandfather was a close friend of mine, uh, Leonard Boudin, who's one of the great civil liberties lawyers of the 20th century. He and I did a lot of work together on a lot of cases, and uh, I admired him enormously. He was not a radical personally. personally. He was very, very liberal, um, uh, and, uh, but very sensible. And um, don't know whether he would have approved of his uh, grandson's approach to crime and, and, and justice. But the point is not personal. The point is that he stood for something. He stood for woke, radical, progressive, uh, you name it. And uh, it was a rejection of that. I think it was also a rejection of the double standard of justice. 
um, where you have um, people who went into the Capitol on January 6th. And um, they are being prosecuted to the hilt, some of them being held without bail in solitary confinement, if they're to be believed. I don't, I don't know that to be a fact, but that's what w we hear. And um, it, 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 uh, it, it's just in contrast to what happened to some of the Black Lives Matter and other uh, racial protesters. For example, two lawyers um, were um, arrested for throwing Molotov cocktails into um, an unoccupied police car. And their sentencing recommendation has just been reduced. It was originally up to around 10 years. Now it's around, I don't know, 24 months or something like that. So there does seem to be disparate and different justice, depending on whether you're a radical of the left or a radical of the right. And I think there was a rejection of that as well. Pardon me, my throat's a little parched. So let's turn now to uh, a few letters in the, in the time we still have remaining. Okay. Um, the left and right play their ill-mannered games like petulant children in a sandbox. Meantime, the only ones rubbing and stinging and blinding sand out of their eyes are the American people. That may be exaggerated language, but I think I generally agree with its thrust. The extreme right, the extreme left are hurting America. And the squeezing out of the center, uh, particularly in the Democratic Party, but in the Republican Party as well, are I think hurting both parties and hurting America. And I agree with the sentiments, sentiments expressed in that in that article, um, uh, in that letter. Okay, how can you deny election fraud? You're pretty close to Liz Cheney in my book. Only blind idiots can watch. 2,000 mules and think it was an honest election. You suck, Starry. I think it was an honest election, so maybe I suck. But I have seen uh, no hard, believable evidence that would show that uh, Donald Trump was legitimately elected president of the United States, either by electoral votes, which is all that counts, or by popular votes. So I think the election was, was fair. Uh, and uh, I have always respected you, but I totally disagree with you on some things. Video shows the, the doors were unlocked from inside by Capitol Police. I agree with that. Uh, waved in by cops and insiders. I agree with that. Um, not authorized is an unfair statement. What happened is um, you're not allowed to go into the Capitol when the Capitol is closed. But if the police allow you to come in, that changes everything. And I'm making that defense in favor of a young man, a lawyer who was uh, in the Capitol, and he honestly believes he was let in. So I, I don't disagree with uh, the thrust of this letter. I think for some people, at least, they believed, and that's all that matters for intent, that the, um, uh, the police uh, did not oppose their entrance as long as they did no damage, as long as they made no threats. Uh, my client did no damage, made no threats stayed for a short period of time and left when he was told to do so by the police. So I'm hoping we will win our case. Um, and more and more and more about the election was fair. The election was fair. The election was fair. No. Um, uh, then, yes, uh, especially when you consider how lightly BLM, Black Lives Matter, rioters and others of the far left are treated. All I have to do is watch Andy Ngo and see daily reports on this. The January 6th committee is more like the Spanish Inquisition 
an agenda and a means to it. And no, it's not like the Spanish Inquisition. The Spanish Inquisition took people and burned them at the stake and made them convert and change their religions. Let's not exaggerate. Uh, but the, uh, you know, the committee has some similarities to McCarthyism. That's bad enough. And then here's a somewhat nice letter, um, rare. Uh, say what you want about Professor Dershowitz, but he is the John Adams of our time. He is a staunch champion of our constitutional republic and the Constitution. I do not agree with his liberal position on many things, but his insistence on fair play and the shoe on the other foot test is exactly what the founding fathers envisioned. America is a better place because of Alan's bravery and brilliant legal mind. Jamie Raskin is the new McCarthy and needs to be in prison. I don't agree with that. Jamie was my student. I actually represented his father in a case many years earlier. I like Jamie as a, as a person. I disagree with uh, some of his extreme views, and I disagree with many of his. I agree with many of his views, uh, many of his views on gay marriage, on uh, reasonable gun control, on uh, abortion. So, uh, you know, we agree and disagree. That's the way it should be. I don't think anybody should be down the line, a true Scotsman, agree with his party or her party on everything. That's just not the way America is supposed to work. Okay, you have a question, Elon. What is it? I'm going to take a moment to do this. Okay. Agree or disagree. Um, I wish the trolls who don't know the allegations against Professor Dershowitz would uh, were baseless, would leave, do you think? Yeah, well, sure. I mean, you know, what happens is uh, whenever I do a Skype or anything, the trolls come out and say, you know, how often were you on Epstein's Island once with my wife and daughter uh, when the island was just being uh, built? The only people on the island were the people who were involved in the in the building of the island. There were no young people on the island at all. Uh, how many times were, you know, you here and there on the plane? Never. Um, uh, did you have sex with underage? Uh, never. I've never had sex with an underage person in my life. I've never touched or had any sexual contact with anybody connected with Jeffrey Epstein. It's just not only false, but provably false. But, you know, as Goebbels said, if you repeat a lie often enough, people will come to believe it. So these trolls are just mini Goebbels. Um, and, uh, you know, you know, my favorite song when I was growing up, uh, I don't know if you know this song, but now, when I was growing up, our favorite song was Hitler had only one. Well, I got to, got to get the middle of it right. Hitler, he only had one ball. Goering had two, but oh, so small. Himmler had something similar, and go balls had no balls at all. Sorry for the rudeness, but that was the song we sang when we were kids. And so, uh, these trolls are gobels. I don't know whether they have no balls uh, at all, but they certainly have no willingness to come out and identify themselves. Because uh, I assure you, anybody who calls me or accuses me of anything improper and gives a name and an address, I will immediately sue them for defamation and collect all their money uh, because there's no evidence of any any truth to any of that. So, you know, trolls, you keep trolling, but it's more of a reflection of you. But give your names. Give your names if you're a troll so you can be held responsible. And I will prove malice and I will prove damages and I will prove that you did this knowing full well that I never did anything wrong. I did absolutely nothing wrong. I have nothing to apologize for. I will never apologize. I have a book coming out about that. It's called The Price of Principle. You know, how 
sticking to principles and sticking to the shoe on the other foot test can cost you, can cost you friends, can cost you clients, can cost you relationships and, and can cost you to have to have trolls. So trolls want to come, let them, let them come. Uh, but I'm not going to stop my, my attitudes based on that. Um, okay. More and more of these, come on, Gershowitz, you're an intelligent man. You knew damn well the election was not fair and was absolutely rigged. I have no respect for you lying and pandering to the left. You know, a lot of Republicans believe that the election was fair. I, I'm not saying the election was absolutely pristine uh, everywhere. Uh, I said it from day one. I think the Pennsylvania vote was wrong, uh, not because of fraud, but because they applied the wrong legal standard. They shouldn't have allowed people to vote beyond a certain day uh, because the legislature didn't authorize that. So I was on the Republican Trump side on Pennsylvania. I don't think there were enough votes in dispute to change even Pennsylvania, but I have no basis for believing that uh, the whole election would have been changed uh, if a complete audit were done of all the votes. I'm confident that uh, President Biden won the election fairly and legitimately, and that certainly there was no uh, deliberate fraud sufficient to change the outcome of the elections. And then finally, of course, the McCarthyite uh, letter. I get these McCarthyite letters all the time. You could fill in the blanks. You were Epstein's lawyers. Like anyone cares what else you have to say. Just fill in the blank. You were the lawyers for the lawyer for the Boston massacre is accused, John Adams. We have don't, nothing else to say. You, uh, Mr. Lincoln, were the lawyers for several accused uh, murderers, one of whom at least uh, has, you've acknowledged was guilty. We have nothing, nothing else to, to say. That's McCarthyism. Of course I represented Epstein. I would do it again and again. And I represented people much worse than Epstein. I represented people who were accused of um, mass murder during uh, the Yugoslav uh, period of time. Um, um, mostly when you represent people like that, you make a plea bargain and, uh, they're, they're found guilty and they, they go to jail. Sometimes they're found innocent. Sometimes they are innocent, but that's the American way. And, you know, yeah, I'm never going to apologize for who I represented, Klaus von Bülow, Mike Tyson. Um, I represented many, many people accused of murder and virtually all of them. I won their cases. Um, uh, I hope they were all innocent, but I don't know that. I wasn't there. Uh, the evidence was either insufficient or there were constitutional violations. But uh, that's what a lawyer does. If you don't like it, I got a solution for you. Go to Iran. Go to China. Go to Russia. Go to Belarus. Then you're not going to find any lawyers who will ever defend anybody who the government is against, you will enjoy it so much. And maybe you'll even talk to those lawyers and listen to them. But me, you won't listen to because I represented somebody you don't like. I will continue to do it to the end of my days. That's what the Constitution requires. And I believe in the Constitution. If you watch tomorrow night's events, um, um, this, this, uh, highly produced, um, staged uh, uh, December, uh, January 6th um, uh, congressional hearing, please remember who's on the committee and who's not on the committee and ask yourself the question, if there were 
people on the other side on the committee, what kind of questions would they be asking? Ask those questions yourself. Otherwise, you'll be taken in by the one-sided and biased uh, propaganda that will be portrayed as uh, a committee of, of Congress. This is not a legitimate committee of Congress. This was a committee which excluded uh, people who have a different narrative and a different view. And so the conclusion is already foregone. We'll so if you're going to watch it, Monday, it right? and we'll talk about it, we'll talk about it on Monday uh, as soon as it, uh, it's over. I don't know how long it will take. I know it's, it starts in prime time and I'll watch it as long as there isn't a Celtics game. But there's a Celtics game. I can tell you I'm not going to watch Congress. I prefer watching the Celtics over over Congress. So uh, see you next Monday.